I'm Joyce and I'm Lily and we are currently back in Boston. It's been a few days since KCON but we did do a very short recap of our thoughts uh, the night we came back from the concert and so we'll be playing that right before we continue our current conversation starting now. Please look like this. It was recording, yes. Cool. Yeah. So end of day one of KCON New York. 2018. We just got home and we're well fed now. <laughs> and just want to recap on the day while it's still fresh. We spent most of it at the convention outside, hung out at the side stage a lot. And then tonight was, we're going to only one of the nights of the concert, which mm-hmm. was tonight. And yeah, what was, what'd you, how was your day one, Joyce? Overall, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed the side stage that we went to where they had the dance competitions and a lot some of the booths that they had there which they seem to have differentiated how they set up everything compared to last year which I think you noticed as well. And I really enjoyed it. How about you? Yeah, I had a good time at KCON day one. Uh, the side stage was a lot of fun. We went specifically for the K-pop dance cover contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, congrats to the winners. I thought they all did a really good job. They did a really good job. It was I really was really impressed. Oh, that one moment. The, like, peak K-pop fan moment. It was so cool. <gasps> oh, I just remembered, yeah. It was one of the groups. They came in second place. I can't remember their name, but they did um, Fake Love. Mm-hmm. And halfway through, not even halfway through, mostly through the song, the audio cut out. And they all were kind of froze for a second, and then you just heard these like two or three fans in the beginning keep going, and it caught on, and the fans were able to kind of carry through the rest of the song for the dance crew to do, and they were able to, I don't know if it was like the fans were able to remember the exact like tempo, or if the dance crew was able to slow it down to whatever pace the fans are singing at, but perfect K-pop teamwork happened and they were able to finish the song and it was actually it was a really cool moment but it was also peak american (laughs) k-pop fan because like the the fans were great like army came through except not everyone there knew the korean words yeah so it was the the fake love was really strong it was like fake a love fake a love like the fans were really loud too and then it was like (laughs) (laughs) and like not only that like it was so quiet, like, it, it was, like, so weak of a... And then when it got to the chorus again, it was just very confident again, which was really hilarious, it but was, yeah. they tried their best. It was wholesome. The dance crew came in second. It was mm-hmm. it was a beautiful fan moment. Yeah. What did you think about the concert? I loved it. Um, I'm really glad we went, because now that we had such a good time, I think we I would have really regretted not going this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I said before that the only reason I want to come this year is for Super Junior, and they lived up to my expectations. <laughs> it was so great to see all six of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're missing a few of their members, but it's okay. My favorite ones were there. Anyways. Um, they did were, a lot of throwbacks. They did all throwbacks, which was so interesting, mm-hmm. because a lot of their throwbacks were written for when there were at least ten or more members, so they really had to cut down mm-hmm. on who did what parts. And some parts just didn't happen. <laughs> they just kind of skipped over. Uh, we'll talk more about that post. 
but I loved tonight's concert. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed with all the artists, honestly, like, similar to you, I mainly went for, like, Red Velvet and Hage, but, um, I, watching Pentagon and Stray Kids, and talking about Stray Kids, I wasn't aware that they were only 90 days old, and they mentioned that in the concert, and we were both so shook because they're so young, and yet they were invited to such a big event like this and performed, and it was just so awesome, such a, as such a noob, as such newbies in K-pop, like, it was just kind of amazing, and so that was really impressive. I really enjoyed Red Velvet. I thought they did a really good job. We both did pick up on that some of them didn't look too well on the stage, which maybe they were sick, but um, hopefully they're fine. Like we know that they flew in pretty recent, like all of the artists, but particularly then since they came out with a music video the day before, they were probably on a super busy schedule. So the fact that they were like quickly flown in here, I knew they were not part of a lot of the events earlier, like for example, I know Billboard did interviews with all the guests today, except for Red Velvet, and I think it's because they landed so last minute and had to perform, and they were just very tired and exhausted, and so that's very understandable. Hopefully they're okay, as well as Super Junior, because I know, I forget which one it was. Uh, yeah, Sung. Yeah. He looked um, sickly. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they get a lot of rest since they performed today. Um, looking forward to tomorrow, like, uh, we're not going tomorrow, but I would assume I'm interested in watching the the live stream for tomorrow, and so I'm interested to see how tomorrow goes. But it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're not going to tomorrow night's concert. Uh, sorry to all the performers, <laughs> but we do plan on going to the convention part because there's some of my friends that I know who are performing, um, specifically Uzuhan, who I met um, when I was in. Los Angeles a few years ago uh, as an intern at Collaboration. He won their showcase and that's how I met him. I also want to see Dan aka Dan. He's a friend of mine. We're both fellow adoptees. We have a lot of things that we've connected on. And then uh, I'm just a fangirl of Jun Sung An, so I'd appreciate <laughs> I'd like to see him again tomorrow. Wait, he did such a good job on stage because he performed his own song. He looked like a K-pop star. He is like a, a K-pop, K-pop star. star. Yeah. Jun is, is totally a K-pop star. Um, yeah, his single, When I Call, he worked, like, he, he has this whole, like, journey that he kind of talked about on his social media and stuff, but, like, it's a, it's a legit, like, indie K-pop single. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a big deal for him, so I'm proud of him. He, I started following him ish in high school, so, like, he, yeah, he's come a long way, and it's nice to see. Um, another friend that I'm really excited that is here, his name is Jun Lee. Uh, he's better known on Instagram as Jun Lee Comedy. He's another person that I met in Los Angeles just a few months ago. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, wait, then I'm wrong. I met Uzun Han a few months ago. This wasn't when I was an intern. This was when I flew out to LA in last November. Oh, okay. So I, okay. Um, but both Uzun Han and Jun Lee are from Atlanta. They're friends. So that's how they all got tied into collab and stuff. June was invited out from Atlanta to be the side stage MC for KCON, and I, you know, I'm proud of him as a friend. That's a really pretty big deal, and hopefully, if his schedule is open, he'll be on our post KCON episode to kind of decompress about what his experience was like. We ran into him earlier, and he said this is his first convention. I'm not sure how much he knows about K-pop to begin with. <laughs> he is Korean American, so I like he is aware of it, but it'll be interesting to have June. Mm-hmm. June That'd be super exciting if we got him on as a guest for the next episode. Yeah. Also, we did bump into him today, and he's he did a really good job hosting the dance competition. He was very charismatic, 
and hyped up the crowd really well. Mm -hmm. He also met From is Nine. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. They brought them in to announce the winners at the very end, which was very surprising to everyone. But also, now that we think of it, apparently Super Junior was also on that stage earlier in the day, so it sounds like they're pushing more of these artists to come out to be more involved in the con portion, not just so strictly the concert. So that's really cool of them to do. Yeah. So that was day one. We'll fill you in on day two. Looking forward to it. Woot woot. And we're back. Hey. <laughs> we got back on Monday. It's Now it's a Wednesday. And what'd you think? How was con? I enjoyed it a lot. I probably mentioned it in a small recap that we did. It was my third time going because I first went back in 2016, which I don't know if I like elaborated on in our first episode, actually. So I did go the first time back in 2016. So going for the third year, it was still a lot of fun. I enjoyed both the convention and the concert. I thought they did a good job bettering the con, I guess, in the sense that they did have everything more spread out. Uh, they tried to be more organized with how they handled a lot of things. Yeah, this is my second con, like we just said last in the last episode. I enjoyed it a lot. I liked the layout. It made more sense this year. Mm -hmm. um, they had just the main street was food trucks. Then they had the like more con-centered things of like fan meet, dance workshop panels, and then they had um, side stage and sponsorship slash dealer's room. It was kind of like a dealer's room, but it was mostly just for the sponsors um, off to the side. So that was cool. That made sense. I do wish that we didn't have to check in at every entry point to both of those like areas because that was, there were lines would form, and that was annoying, but yeah, other I, than that. And it was like one entryway so that that's why the line formed so quickly because it was one or two people checking everyone's wristbands. Mm -hmm. So it got pretty crowded pretty quickly. Yeah. So have you had any other, like, more in-depth thoughts about the concert since then? I guess one thing that I was really surprised about was Pentagon's performance. Yeah. I didn't know much about them. Like, the only thing I knew about them was how two of them collabed with Hyuna in the Triple H group that they put together a year or two ago, which I was really into, but I didn't know much about the group until we went to the con and we saw them live and they did a really good job. And you can tell that they were one of the bigger polls for this year since so many fans were cheering for them very loudly. I think they had the loudest cheers in that particular concert we went to and at the con when they would play like music just out randomly and whenever their song came up, it would hype the crowd up the most. So I, not only was I surprised by how big I guess the group was. I didn't realize how big they were compared to other groups that I know, but also I did they did a superb job in the concert. They're all really great at dancing. Again, it was really funny to see. I think that was the group that had the boy in like yeah, a backpack, who, right? Who put the little one in a backpack? <laughs> that was so funny. It probably was more difficult to perform wearing that even though it was very empty. But did you have any surprises with any groups that performed that night? Yeah, I really like Pentagon. They look like they're having fun, and like they're all younger-ish, so they still had that like cute image, especially because they were trying to go for. It seemed like they were trying to go for the like schoolboy image, or maybe that's just because Machne was in a backpack. He might not even be Machne. I don't think he was. I think he actually is one of the older ones. Unless I'm wrong, I might be wrong. There's a very good know. chance you're right, and they yeah. just he's just short, and they put this child in the backpack, and it just. But look, anyways, they look like they had a lot of fun. Um, I was really surprised. I still wish they weren't named Pentagon, even though there's... I have a lot of issues with their name. There's <laughs> ten of them, and they're named after a Pentagon, but it's fine. Uh, I was actually really surprised by Red Velvet, 
We mm. talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but I've had beef issues, whatever, with this group since about when they introduced the fifth member. Um, basically, to sum it up, they introduced the fifth member right when Sully left FX, and I was like, okay, whatever. I wasn't really even paying attention to Red Velvet at that point because I had too many other groups to keep track of. And then um, FX died, and Red Velvet kept getting comeback after comeback after comeback. And there was that point where I was just, me personally, banning this group because I didn't like them in any way, shape, or form. I was just really mad at the way SM was treating their girl groups. And um, we've had this conversation many times about my issues with Red Velvet. And then I saw them. They're really good. Like, I never had anything against the girls or the group themselves. Like, I'm glad they're doing well. I just wish their label was better. And I was really surprised by them. I do like them. Their songs are good. Bad Boy is really good. Congrats to them. Mm-hmm. But for all of my thinking that they were just the knockoff FX, they actually reminded me a lot of Miss A for some reason. Maybe it was just the outfits they were in that night or just the general style of the song Bad Boy, which was the first song they did. But... Yeah, for some reason they remind me more of Miss A than um, FX. I mean, all groups are inspired from previous groups. Yeah, everyone kind of follows the same trends and patterns and styles, I guess, so that it's like kind of understandable that like when you see a group, it heavily reminds you of, say, a group from a previous generation or one that already exists. So also b- talking about being surprised by Red Velvet and me being surprised by Pentagon. I think another big thing that we already knew, but it was more in our face when we went to this con is how much both you and me are bigger fans of older groups, not so much newer groups. And (laughs) most of the groups were newer. I mean, to us, I guess they're pretty new because we stick with the groups that we grew up with or, you know, we have a preference of just liking previous groups and music more than ones that are coming out now. And I that leads me to also, I was very surprised by Stray Kids, who also did a very amazing job. Also, I was so shocked. I might have mentioned this in the recap. Speaking I don't remember. new groups. Yeah, I was so shocked that they were only here for 90 days. It's pro- probably been like 100 or something. That's still very young. That is so new. And the fact that they were invited to KCON, which it's actually not that big of a surprise since they are coming from such a big, large company. And... They're very popular, even though it's only been that short amount of time. But yeah, they did a really good job, too. Stray Kids did a really good job. Um, I was also shocked that they were only 90 days old. Mm -hmm. Um, You can definitely tell that they're this new-ish era of JYP. One of the things that I realized, like, I love 2PM, and I love GOT7, and I think it's because that... I almost called them District 9. (laughs) I'm gonna do this a lot. I think their name is District 9, even though I know somewhere... In the back of my mind that their name is Stray Kids. I mean, because there's nine of them, I guess. And, and it's also did, their song They title. did a song called <laughs> District 9. That's why it stuck. But um, I feel like because they're so new and their style is so, like, mainstream-ish, and I'm, because I'm not familiar with them, at this point in time, I don't think I could tell them apart from GOT7, stylistically. They were still reminding me very much of just, like... You could tell that this was, like, the new JYP boy group. You couldn't tell, like, who they were as a group yet themselves. I totally get that. And that whole sense of that, so many groups nowadays are so similar to each other that it's kind of hard to... I mean, again, they were really good. I really enjoyed their performances and they seem like a very talented group of boys. But it is hard to be like, 
because there wasn't anything super unique about them, it's hard to be like, oh, that was like an outstanding group that I'm like gonna follow and like I'm super interested in to learn more about because there are so many groups like them out there already. But again, back to the trends and styles, it's kind of just they're following what's popular now, which I get because that's how they get the biggest following, I guess. Yeah. So. It was just, I kind of got the vibe that, like, if you played Hellevator and you told me, like, <laughs> did you check out NCT's latest comeback? I would have been like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to tell them apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so the main event, Super Junior. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they did really good. Hype. They did so well. I love them so much. They're problematic. I know. Don't call me out on this. <laughs> but I love them. I mean, all of K-pop is. They are. Yeah. Like, all of K-pop. Uh, six of them came. But the ones who were able to make it to New York were, um, forgive my pronunciation, Yesung, Enhuk, Donghae, Shiwon, and Shindong. Yes. Heechul so, yeah. isn't doing active promotions outside of South Korea because he's injured. And the rest are either in the military and or blacklisted by their label. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Sungmin. Um, <laughs> but they were honestly... I looked up Lee Tuck's age. Lee Tuck! Lee Tuck was there! I think I forgot him. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, because you did list five. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So there were six there, <laughs> including the leader. Anyway, I looked up Lee Tuck's age. He's 35. He was one of the most energetic, hyped up idols of the entire night. Like, the energy around Super Junior beat Stray Kids and Pentagon, who are like yeah. 10 years their juniors. And it was a lot. Like, Which makes sense, because they're like considered legends in k-pop because they've been around for so long they've done so much in the genre and it was so awesome to see everyone's light sticks turn blue and you know you can really yeah. see the entire stadium like light up in that way so it was that was really cool yeah honoring the legends um speaking of honoring the legends it looked like they died yeah i did <laughs> whoever was in charge of that did a really bad job because they were trying to do um all of the artists had a video intro, just like, hear mm-hmm. the members, get hyped. But they tried to like show that they were honoring this older group. The music was a little heavier. It wasn't hyped. I think it was piano music. Probably. Um, that but what, what really did it is that all of the photos of the six members were black and white slideshow, so it looked like an in-memoriam. <laughs> With Ken Burns, yes. It looked like all six of these boys had died, even though we <laughs> saw them like 20 minutes ago doing this like dope intro to Sorry Sorry. Anyways... I was so entertained. Unhook carried Super Junior's performance. I oh, looked up his age, too. He was the one that danced, right? Yeah, he's yeah. always been the dancer in Super Junior. Um, they call him, like, the dance machine or whatever. Um, and I looked up his age. He's, like, 32, 33. He did the full, like, dance break into, uh, from Banamana. Yeah, I was about to say, that was really... I was so impressed because I think he even did, like, a handstand or whatever, and everyone was, like, cheering. That was so impressive. Because he's, he's also, like, one of the older ones there and the fact that he was the most energetic like you said compared to these younger groups yeah the younger groups were super energetic but like somehow super junior outdid them yeah <laughs> it was great but yeah unhook was the most like get everyone going and he like he carried that performance so did lee tuck it was it was a good time super junior was one of my first groups so it was really nice to see them live mm-hmm. um they did a lot of throwbacks which i thought was really interesting they obviously they had to do sorry sorry and then they did um they even taught the audience how to like do the dance. I thought that was really cute. Yeah. So Super Junior, in the middle of their set, they taught the audience how to do specific dances from their songs. So Sorry Sorry. Was it just Sorry Sorry? I think they also did... Uh, sorry Sorry, Bonomana, Mr. Mr. Simple, and uh, Roku Ko. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun because 
you know, everyone was following and they were like, build dance with us, right? And everyone's like, yeah. And that was like a really fun and cool moment. And it, I think out of all of the, I guess, I don't know what to call it, the middle. Fan engagements? Yes, the fan engagements that they would like insert into each set. That was the most fun because everyone, like, everyone was so into the song. Everyone was so into the group. And I don't know. It kind of felt unified, I guess, because everyone was just like dancing together while they were watching them up there doing mm-hmm. dance as well. Yeah, it was. I thought it was the best way because it was the whole like you can dance with your idols, and it really was nice. Mm-hmm. Also, Super Junior dances are super easy. That's so true. You didn't have to try real hard. It was. It was a good. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other fan engagements that they had in the middle were. They were better than last year's. Last year's were really awkward because I don't think they ever explained it to the idols what they were supposed to do. It wasn't explained. Also, I just generally, it wasn't a good plan of action to have them, like, say, like, take a picture or, like, I don't remember what the other ones were, but I did remember there was a lot of confusion with both the artists and the audience, so it felt very, like, disconnected, I guess. I don't know what the right term is, but basically it felt very, like, off-putting and then, like, we would go back into the songs. And so I'm glad they switched it up this year. They're learning, and they're, it seems like they're improving all aspects of the con and concert every year. So I'm yeah. excited to see what they do next year. Yeah. Um, was there any other fan engagement that you really liked? Because, like, Red Velvet had a cute one. I don't remember what Pentagon's was, or Stray Kids. It was either Pentagon or Stray Kids, but one of them did, like, a freestyle rap where it was like, they had this chart <laughs> on the screen. Okay, I strongly believe that they were told in advance of, like, this is the words you're going to get like prepare something to perform on the stage but basically there was like a chart on the screen where it would randomly choose a word and one of the members would have to freestyle rap to that word and that was i mean that was fun too it was one of the more like lacking because it was just them being like oh like two very short freestyle raps okay let's go back to the next song but um i mean they have to do like different engagements for each artist i understand okay whoever was that freestyle rap though (laughs) i think it uh, yeah i don't remember it was pentagon and stray kids he totally copped out. He was supposed to freestyle rap using, like, whatever word, um, lucky or oh, love. Oh, yeah, it was lucky. And we will rock you. Yeah, he copped out. He did. He led the crowd and we will rock you. <laughs> but he changed the words to include lucky, like, we're so lucky or something like that. That's not a freestyle rap. <laughs> anyway, okay, so maybe they, did, they weren't told in advance, because that was pretty... <laughs> it was a cop-out. Yeah. It was cute, but it was a cop-out. Mm-hmm. Also, we ended up watching the live stream, and if we were there in person, it would have been really entertaining too, so. Yeah. NCT, I have, I don't have, like, strong emotions either way about them, but, like, mm-hmm. I respect them for their stage presence. As yeah. much as I was dying last year when we saw them live, watching the live stream, it reminded me again that they are really good performers. Like, SM really trains their idols on how to put on a show, mm-hmm. and um, they did some other songs... Um, like, they didn't just repeat that. Of course, they had to do Cherry Bomb and things like that, but... I think they ended with that song, too. Yeah, So they're, it to show how big it is. <laughs> they're good. Like, NCT 127 is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, one of one was surprisingly not as hype. They did a lot mm-hmm. of slow songs, I think. Or they opened with a slow song. Oh, yeah, that was... I thought that was kind of weird, because you would think that they would start off with something more energetic. Which is funny, that's one of their song names, oh, I think. So I they might have followed it up with that or something. Yeah, because I was going to say, coming off the energy of Cherry Bomb, and then waiting for the headliners, which 101 was the headliners, and then they opened with this weird, like... All 11 of them weren't on stage. It was just like these three vocalists and then these two vocalists and then none of that. And then look, there's 11 of them, but it was still a slow song. And it was, it wasn't like a crowd kill because I don't think anything could have killed that crowd, but it was uh, an energy transition. 
Yeah. Talking about the artists that went on the second day, that reminds me of... Also, we didn't see their performance, but Fromis9 also came to this convention, and we did see them at the side stage, because they were brought... Like, not only them, but a lot of the artists were brought out to the side stages often to, like, do a small interview or a small fan engagement with the audience. And... I feel kind of bad for them because so many people, because for example, someone that we talked to randomly was like, oh yeah, I have a Fromis 9 fan engagement ticket to see them, but I don't really know them or care about them. And it seemed like a lot of people didn't really care about them. So I feel kind of bad for Fromis 9, um, but that, I guess there's someone like that every year. But I feel like this particular year, it, it, I really sense that from other people. So I feel kind of bad. It's tough whenever the group that like... I don't call them the throwaway group, but the, like, the least prioritized mm-hmm. is also one of the few girl groups that KCON invites. Because there is a bias for boy groups in uh, K-pop, I think, mm-hmm. a lot of the times. And that's why KCON doesn't invite girls all the time. I think we had two, three girl groups, and then Heiju. Heiju? Heiju. 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 Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Joyce is Korean, and I am very much not. I mean, a lot of people call her like Hayes or something like that because yeah. it's spelled that way in yeah. English, so it makes sense either um, way. I just feel bad that one of the least prioritized group is one of the few girl groups that they invited this year. So, like, yeah, good luck for Miss Nine. I'm still hoping that they'll bring on more girl groups next year because I mean they did more this year compared to last year because I think last year they only had one girl group per night. So yeah, mm-hmm. there are two in total, but. I was telling Lily before we were going to KCON that it just still sucks in that if you count them individually, there is an overwhelming amount of <laughs> boys versus girls. And I mean, again, yeah, the demographic that they're going for are people who, you know, are young girls who want to go to see their opas and idols and stuff. And so that makes sense. But yeah, I hope they bring more girl groups next year. Yeah, or at least balance it out because I think one of the reasons it was so skewed. This year is, yeah, they tried to, like, up the girl groups, but the boy groups they invited all had more than seven members. That's true. So, I think that's a lot of the newer groups, though, so it's, like, hard to find now small yeah. groups invite. Right? Or, like, maybe all the small groups uh, just weren't big enough names and they didn't want to do with that. Anyways, like, yeah, there was, it was, it was a lot of boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Golden Child had ten groups, or ten members, <laughs> And Pentagon had 10 members, so that's already 20 boys. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, other thing, um, going back to Super Junior, speaking of too many boys, they did Lo Siento with the original guest feature artist. um, Leslie Grace, right? Yes. Yeah, they typically get a different K-pop artist to fill in that spot since I assume it's difficult to be in the same concert or venue or whatnot because she has her own schedule. But that was so cool. It was so It good. was very unexpected because I think a lot of people didn't know that she yeah. was actually going to be there. A lot of people assumed one of the girl idols that were there was just going to replace her position, but that was really cool. Yeah, they did a really good job. Lo Siento is one of the strongest comebacks that SJ has had, so I'm <laughs> happy for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you looking forward to, or what do you expect or want out of KCON 2019? I thought that they did a really good job balancing out um, rookies and established groups compared to 2017, the year we went for CM Blue. Um, like this year, even though um, we weren't personally very invested, this year was stacked. This was mm-hmm. a good year. Um, so I hope that that continues in next year at New York. I hope we see more girl groups. Um, I hope it's not all SM. That was, This was a <laughs> lot of SM this year. Wasn't it just... Two, though? Three. They sent NCT, Red Velvet, oh, and Super I, Junior. I forgot about NCT. Yeah. Um, I sometimes wonder, like, 
doing that is probably easier on their part in that they only have to contact this one company and be like, yeah, bring three of your groups, less work for us, because now three spots are already filled for the lineup, but yeah, yeah that'd be really cool to see. Yeah, and also, like, SM is a guaranteed, like, big pull, like, Shiny, EXO, Super Junior, Red Velvet, yeah. Girls' Generation, they're going to bring in people no matter what. Um, also, we talked about it earlier that we're both starting to realize we're old fans, <laughs> so I'm not sure, like, how I'm gonna feel about next year, because... I don't listen to a lot of the the new youngins who are coming out, and they're not inviting the the veterans anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping next year will be like 2 p.m. card something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Card is new though. But card I mean, is new. Yeah, yeah, but they are different from yeah. a typical just ten member boy group. So right, I think mm-hmm. they have a good chance of coming next year because they'll be like more established, they'll have more comebacks, and like they're very popular in the states. So, yeah. What about you? What do you want for next year? Mama Moo. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, but also not kidding. She's I, so not kidding. Yeah, I am a very big Mama Moo fan. And I really was counting on them to come because I really thought since they had released a new album around the same time the con was announcing their lineup and stuff like that. But um, I think what would be cool for next year is I still feel like they could add more to the con aspect mm-hmm. in that there's... There are panels to do, there are like dance workshops, and yeah, they have these booths that are like for different sponsorships that you can stop by and they have these activities you can do. I think one had a dance dance revolution machine or whatever. I think it was McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, that was McDonald's. That was very interesting. But um, I feel like they can add more to the con by putting in more booths. Kind of like I keep thinking about, like, for example, it's very different, but anime cons, when you go into the dealer's room or the artist aisle, there's just so much to see and look at, and I feel like they could bring more of that by bringing in more space for booths or space for different activities instead of just the two or three that they have set up. But they are a small con. I understand that it can't be expanded that way very quickly. It's a slow build-up every year to make the con bigger and bigger, to try to add more aspects for fans to do or interact with. And then... For the concert, similar to you, just again the girl groups. I they see the guy groups as the biggest pull. Like I don't, I can't think of a girl group that's on the same level as these BTS or Pentagon, where they know like, oh yeah, they are gonna headline tonight. Like it's always gonna be a big guy group. What are you gonna say? I was gonna say the only girl group I could think of that could do that would be Blackpink, but YG won't. Mm. I mean, G-Dragon went in the early days, but YG won't send their groups. That's true. Also, I feel like for G-Dragon, that was like a special case because that was him alone. That wasn't even with Big Bang or anything like that, which makes sense because that's such a big group to bring to the convention for <laughs> such a baby convention because I think that was one of the first few years KCON New York was established. But yeah, more girl groups. I wish... <laughs> like That's why I've, I've been yelling that a lot. Like... Ever since they started announcing the lineup, like, I could already tell that that wasn't going to happen, but maybe next year, if not, like, sometime in the future, they'll realize, and that'll be really cool to see. Mm -hmm. So that is our post-KCON debrief. Next, our next and final episode of this little, like, mini-season is going to be a special interview with my friend June Lee, better known as June Lee Comedy on Instagram. He and I met a few months ago in November at a collaboration event in Los Angeles. He was the MC there, and then he was invited to KCON New York this year to be the MC for one of the side stages. This is his first convention ever, so we'll have a special interview with him to wrap up our season. Um, other than that, what are you into right now, Joyce? Um, 
Wow, where do I start? I feel like I've watched a lot of things recently. Well, first off, I'm going to continue something that we talked about in the previous podcast. If we watched the, some of the recent episodes of Boku no Hero Academia, so that was a lot of fun. And we are halfway through that season, and it's kind of sad because I'm just like, I don't want the season to ever end. <laughs> but I would assume possibly there'll be another season afterwards because it's still following the manga, and I think the manga is still ongoing. But that's been a lot of fun to watch with Lily and our roommate Melissa. And... I recently finished an anime within the past like two days. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> you finished a lot of anime recently because you. Oh yeah. Welcome to the ballroom, relife, and oh the third yeah, one. and the love is hard for Otaku. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about relife. I think I'm, I don't remember it mentioned in the previous episode, but relife I also finished pretty quickly. They're both very short. It, mm. They're both like eleven episodes. Agretsuko. We just finished Agretsuko. Oh my god, that's we four. Should, we should talk about that. Yeah, wait. Oh, Gretzko, I love that show so much. I, okay, I went into it thinking it was, like, I knew I was going to enjoy it, but not to the extent that I did. Gretzko was a lot of fun. We finished it uh, while we were in New Jersey for KCON, so, like, yeah. it was short, the, t- the episodes are short, the show is short, so we just went through it real quick, and it was really fun. I like Gretzko a lot as a character. She's really cute as Red Panda. I also liked her as, like, a concept of this, like, small, young business panda who also has just like this soul for death metal yeah so that was really great to watch yeah that was hilarious yeah i think love is hard for nataku is such a relatable show because it's a show about these people who are working office jobs who are also like huge nerds and it's just we are that <laughs> honestly because we are so into k-pop and anime and video games that you know is not like most anime where it's like a lot of it's in like young high schoolers who do a lot of stupid actions or like a lot of shonen anime. It's very just everyday life of people who just are trying to get through every day while (laughs) doing fan con stuff. And so that was a really enjoyable show. I highly recommend it. And Real Life was also really good, which I'm starting to read the manga for, which is very interesting because it's fully colored pages. So that's like really interesting to read and I heard it's different from the show which is why I ended up starting to read it. I personally really enjoy Slice of Life which is why I think I've been on a Slice of Life binge recently with Real Life and Love is Hard for Nataku. They're really enjoyable shows. What about you? D. Greyman is on pause. Oh wait, I meant to ask you about that. Did you not watch it since <laughs> I haven't you... watched it for a few weeks now and like I feel bad but also like there's 100 episodes and not going anywhere. <laughs> That's true. Um, I'm actually, I've gotten more into k-pop somehow which makes sense like i am back on the super junior kick i thought i outgrew it i very much did not seeing them live reminded me of just like what it was like to be a high schooler um a lot of my intro to super junior is sorry sorry onwards because whatever fans or whoever was like reading comments they're like that's basically like all you need to know about super junior and they were wrong there's a whole past era that is iconic and I can't believe I'm discovering it now in 2018. <laughs> I'm so sad. The hair, the bad graphics, the singing. <laughs> you it's... were you were binge watching some of their videos yesterday. I was binge watching a lot of like Super Junior trash videos of those like <laughs> Super Junior swearing at each other for 15 minutes or like those kind of videos. What a K-pop like YouTube find. <laughs> they it's not healthy. I should read a book. Um <laughs> I've also, we've had this discussion before um, extensively. I'm super into Shiny. They're very near and dear to my heart. They're most, the end of their three EP comeback for their tenure, our page destroyed me. I watched the music video and started sobbing immediately. 
Um, we can get into that elsewhere. Um, it's a beautiful tribute. They did a wonderful job writing it, and the music video is everything. It's everything that they deserve. It's everything that we as fans deserve. It's everything Jonghyun deserved and would have wanted. Um, but it is very intense. Don't watch or translate our page unless you're really emotionally ready for that. Um, and then New East had a New East W. Sorry, <laughs> New East waiting had <laughs> a little salt in there. I'm so mad at produce y'all. Um, New East W had a comeback. Deja vu. It's so good. People are sleeping on New East, and it makes me so mad, and it hurts me very, very deeply because they're so talented. And mm -hmm. Deja Vu is a banger. Yeah. So I'll get back to D Gray Man someday. I'll read a book someday. <laughs> Until then, it's just a lot of Super Junior being stupid videos going down the K-pop YouTube hole. It's really bad. <laughs> Speaking of old eras, Lily showed me. The SM music video where it was the car commercial. <laughs> I don't remember what it's Max called. Max Step. Yeah. She's talking about Max Step. And like I didn't, I was unaware of this music video until Lily showed me. <laughs> it's already so dated, even though it's only been like half a decade. But it was something. <laughs> why? <laughs> why did SM stop making stuff like that? I love Max Step so much. It's yeah. so bad. You all need to look this up. <laughs> Or maybe not. I don't know. This is very particular to a certain group of K-pop fans. You have to really love SM, and just there's so much in it. As yeah. a song, musically, it's so bad. It's really bad. Yeah. But I, would, as, I would not listen to that in my free time. But as an experience, it's so good. I love it I, so I understand. Much. I can understand that, like, it was probably so big when it came out because you rarely see that many people collab together because it was like five different or six different people from six different groups. Yeah, so the concept of the song called Max Step, I didn't know it was a car commercial. It makes sense. <laughs> but um, the concept is all of the dancers from SM are in one group together and they're doing this one like super intense EDM punk metallic glittery song. And it's great because it's all of the dancers in SM, except for Yunho because he was busy promoting, and FX's Victoria because it was more hip-hop and she's more classical dance style, and um, it had Luhan from XOM instead of Lei because Lei's Korean wasn't good enough at that point in time. But oh, it's so good. There's Unhook, there's Henry, there's Kai, Luhan. <laughs> I already said Unhook. Who am I missing? Hyoyeon is also in it. Him. Who else? Taemin, of course. Uh -huh. And then, um, I can't remember her name. No, that's who I mentioned. Oh. Kyoyeon. Yeah, the one girl from Girls' Generation, who is the, the dance machine of Girls' Generation. Yeah. She had a special feature. It's Which is cool, because she doesn't get that big of a feature on the actual songs for her group, so... Yeah, and also, like, Girls' Generation does have hard dances, but um, she doesn't really get a chance to shine as the dancer, so mm -hmm. it was nice that she had this, like, thing. Oh my god, Max Step. <laughs> it's a time. And if you're deep in the SM family, or just in K-pop in general, like you're right? a multi-fandom yeah. K-pop trash. Like, this is this is for us. It's also a car commercial. Yeah. <laughs> it's really it's, bad. It's funny you say that, because there's no car in there, right? At one point, Taemin and Kai are, like, sitting in a car. Oh, okay. That's I completely can... forgot. That was... I obviously don't remember that. <laughs> the car is not very important. The car the is super not important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was very entertaining. Yeah, I also highly recommend you to watch it if you're looking for something 
super interesting to watch, and you're in the K-pop fandom. Yeah, so. they are. That group is officially known as the Unique Unit. Y O U Unique. What a unique concept. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's KCON. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us for this small, brief teaser season of Conquest the podcast. We're not done yet. We have one final episode with June Lee. Mm-hmm. And, and we have another season to look forward to. We're going to Boston Comic Con next. So yeah, look forward to our second season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe we'll have a we'll bring our roommate Melissa on too, even though she's not going because she'll be on a trip during the con. But it'll be fun to have her on reminisce like previous cons that we went to together, stuff like that. Yeah. Speaking of Boston Comic Con, that is going to be our first like scheduled launch season, things like that. So we're going to set up our social media pages by that point. We already have our website um, via Simplecast, which is conquest.simplecast.fm. Woot! Uh, for now, you can follow me on Twitter at lily underscore rugo. Or you can follow me at YouTube, Joyce's Cookie. But I'm Joyce's Cookie everywhere, so... But yeah, YouTube. Sweet. And special thanks to DCD Prod for their song Confusion, and our editors and producers, us. <laughs> <laughs>